Welcome back to the Retrocraptacular Podcast, where each month we continue our search for the best bad movies on the planet Earth. I am your host, Aaron, and I am joined, as always, by Matt. I'm always here. You are always here. You just can't. I mean, this is where I live. This is my house. You're in my house Why would now. you leave? Why would I ever? Why would anyone ever it's on leave fire. their house? Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would do it. I yeah. would get out pretty quick. Yeah. But what would I take with me? It would be my dog. Yeah. My lovely, beautiful dog, who's here at my feet right now. So if you if the podcast is a knockin', it's a dog. Yeah, that's, that's how that saying goes, right? That that is, yeah, classic she's, saying. She's pretty chill though. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's a chill little beast. Hello. Oh, there goes that tail. Okay. Oh yeah. I pointed at her and I used my dog voice, which is this. Hello. And the tail's wagging. Yeah. Uh, she loves attention. She. They all do, don't they? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So. Welcome to dog chat. <laughs> Uh, we just chatted about a dog, and now we're going to talk about the a retro dogtacular. Just... Oh, dude, that'd be such a better podcast. Should we pull out? Yeah, let's yeah, let's switch it up right now, midstream. All right, barrel roll into dog chat. <laughs> Dual what, barrel roll. What's your least favorite kind of dog? Ooh, that's a tough one, you know, because yeah. on one hand, a lot of dogs are great, and on the other hand, there's also a lot of dogs that suck. Yeah. And I don't mean like there are a lot of dog breeds that suck. There's just a lot of dogs. There's dogs in general. In general. Which I don't mean like people say like there are no bad dogs. There are bad dog owners. That's bullshit. I, it's hard. I've only ever raised one dog. So I, yeah. I, I don't know for sure. Yeah. But like she's a good dog. And I take pride in that because I raised her to be a good dog. <laughs> yeah. You know? For sure. For sure. There's definitely... There's definitely no bad dog breeds, but there are breeds of dogs that are too big. Mm. Breeds of dogs that are too small. Mm. This kind of creature shouldn't exist in that that, that space range. Like, why do you need a, a dog that's almost as tall as you? Yeah. Why do you need a dog that can be mistaken for a, a, a small bear? <laughs> you know? Why do you need a dog that be, can, can be mistaken for a large rat? Yeah, those ones... Those ones can be... I think it's just because they, they bark a lot, though. Like, yeah. Like, the, the ones that have small dog syndrome, and they're like... We're alienating so many listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's 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 a, an owner of an Irish wolfhound out there going like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> I, mean, I ride my dog to the supermarket I was, and back. You know, I was just about to say, like, they're, dogs they get to a point where they're too big to manage, but yeah. then if they get big enough that you can ride them into battle then it's no yeah. longer too big it's amazing yeah yeah you just send your dog to the the grocery store with your credit card and a list and then they just <laughs> the the and a saddle <laughs> and a saddle they just go with saddle bags on your dog and then they people just load it up and they swipe the card and they stick it back in the dog's mouth and it runs home <laughs> oh my gosh i love that yeah anyways uh back to what we normally do here yeah i guess so just talk about cats now. Oh. Calico's worst cat. No. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Okay, we're, we're talking film. We're talking movies. We're talking television programs. Mm, we're talking programs. Web videos we've seen. Maybe. Wow. We're talking whatever we want. It whatever, sounds like it's our show. We can do whatever we want. Okay. Well, I want to talk about dogs. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> jokes. Are you jokes aware of jokes? what a Chewini is? I mean, I can guess from context yeah. what that is. I, freaking cute. I also very wow. annoying, but freaking cute. Wow. I knew someone that had one once. It was a, it was adorable. But wow. yeah, 
it's funny when they mix breeds and then give it a new name but like but if, if it's a mixed breed it's a mutt yeah like that's i think if i was very rich mm. um and had a lot of free time on my hands and a lot of free money on my hands if you had money on your hands that didn't cost you anything yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I would just spend my days just mixing different dog breeds. What the fuck? <laughs> like all day? <laughs> yeah. You would just have like this hall in your mansion of like breeding rooms where yeah. you'd be like, oh, I'm, what am I going to mix today? I got a Frenchie and a Husky. Let's see what comes out. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, I got a, a I got a Golden Retriever and a Dachshund. Let's see what that looks like. A lot of them will just be regular dogs mixed with dachshunds. <laughs> <laughs> See what the small stretched out version of that dog looks like. I mean, that sounds adorable and like borderline borderline mad scientist. Oh, yeah. It's like, like I'm one step removed from Dr. Moreau, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, I haven't mixed humans and dogs yet, but... <laughs> But look eventually <laughs> you're going to run out of breeds. Yeah. Look at this. It's a Newfie hound and a dachshund. <laughs> it's either going to be... That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's either going to be a tiny, stretched out, bear-looking dog or a gigantic, elongated... <laughs> it's hard to tell sometimes, right? Yeah. Like, my, my dog, part Bernese Mountain, part German Shepherd, these yeah. are very large breeds. Pretty average size. She's, she's yeah, she's, yeah. She's a medium sized dog. Yeah, and it's because of the the last breed. Then there's my dog. She's he's got like just like five or six different breeds in him. Just looks like a lab. <laughs> Pretty much. Everyone's like, oh, he's such a good, beautiful, purebred lab. I'm like, please, he's a sock drawer. <laughs> like a six percent lab. <laughs> he's got he's like lab is clearly the dominant gene in there, but he's got some Aussie Shepherd, he's got some Pitbull, he's got yeah, some Doberman, he's got some uh what's the other one? Border collie. Mm, yeah. That's where he gets the sass from. Oh, he's a sassy boy. Such a sassy boy. Such a sassy boy. Um, but you know, just looks like a lab. And everyone's like, Oh, it's so great that you got a purebred lab. I'm like, No. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> no, and I went deep into the gene pool with this one. <laughs> so we have spent a lot about a lot way of time more time than yeah. I thought we could. Yeah, you even tried to stop it. And I, I did. I brought it back. But anyways, that's what I would do, and then I would open a weird like <laughs> zoo. And people could come look at all the weird dogs that I bred. Would it be? Would it be like like a like a petting zoo, or would it be yeah. super weird where it's like actually like glass? <laughs> door like glass cages with oh. all, all the labels it's just individual dogs i mean separated from each other i mean the glass the glass case thing is like the crazy thing to do yes like that's the crazy billionaire thing Correct. to do uh so i'm gonna say probably that okay um but like that's fucked i yeah no petting zoo would probably be better a hundred percent better yeah maybe each okay hear me out okay maybe each dog has its own like little pen outside and you go into the building and there's just glass doors okay that lead outside in and then like on it has like the exhibit like information title card thing where it's like this is uh you know 
half German Shepherd, half Dachshund, half Dachshund, <laughs> <laughs> half Pug. <laughs> so, just yes. uh, yeah. Um, uh, and then you're like, "Oh, I want to pet that one." And then you open the door and you go in, and then the whatever that thing looks like <laughs> comes running at you, and then you get to pet that one. And then uh, you know they'll probably be each each uh, uh, each uh, area will have like its own like attendant to make sure the dog doesn't like escape when you leave. Make sure people aren't you know taking my dogs with them. Right. Yeah. Then you just yeah. And then you just go around and you're like, ooh, let's pet this one. And then you go in, you pet, and that's 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 what I would do. And then people could get more educated on dog breeds. Yeah, and why you shouldn't mix them. Ooh, depending on, or maybe you should. Well, the more way to find out. So, um, we need to get rich enough to do this dog thing. So we have a Patreon. <laughs> we have a Patreon. I'll put a new. I'll put a new stretch goal on a there. New, a new tier. Yeah. Of a weird dog museum, yeah. Thing, <laughs> the mad scientist here. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. It'll be about uh, sixty thousand dollars a month. Yep. Yeah, approximately. Approximately. Um, the numbers. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's uh, that was cool, wasn't it? That was. It was a cool, different way to start the show. We haven't done that before. It's true. Have you seen anything good lately? <laughs> yes. Good. What is it? The Batman. Oh, nice. Yep, yeah. I saw the Batman. And I knew you'd want to talk about it, so I'm bringing it up I first. I do love the Batman. What did you think of the Batman? Very mediocre movie. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was very good. I mean, I was actually surprised, because, you know, I've seen a lot of Batman stuff at this point. We've been oversaturated with Batman. There was a lot of Batman. Yeah. And, like, I was surprised at how excited I got at some of the stuff in that movie. When I was like, it's like anytime there's any new Batmobile reveal, I'm like, oh yeah, Batmobile. And then this one, I mean, spoilers, not really spoilers, but like we'll get into spoilers. But this one has a fucking, the jet in the back. And I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, the rocket. I they, brought, they brought back the jet, which is great. Yeah, I awesome. mean, I think they've all kind of had a jet, haven't they? I don't know. I just, I remember the, the Dark Knight one as just being a tank. I think it still had a jet though. Because he used it Probably. to jump off like rooftops and stuff. But it was more that it was a tank than anything yeah. else. Whereas this one was a cool car with a rocket in the back. Yeah, it's just a muscle car that he, he stuck a rocket on the back of. And yeah. yeah. No, I, uh, I I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on the Batman because I. Yeah, it was. Did I talk about my? Th- I I tried. I don't think I did. Right. I don't think so. We just decided not to talk about it because I hadn't seen it yet. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, that movie slapped ass. It was fantastic. It was really, really exciting to watch. It never felt like off, like fantastical. No. Um, which is good because Batman has always been really like gritty anti hero. He's not a superpower person, he's just a person with yeah. a fuck kind of money and a lot of vengeance in his heart. And. Honestly, when I first heard that they were making a new Batman and it was going to star <laughs> Pattinson, I couldn't take it seriously because I was just like, okay, so Cedric Diggory is going to be the next Batman. Oh, so you and Cedric Diggory. Everyone yeah. else probably went Edward Cullen. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Still never seen any Twilight movies. I have. But like, I was like, okay. And I was trying to, I was trying to picture the voice. 
And I was like, how's he going to do the Ventland voice? It's treasure. Um, and then the movie starts, and this beautiful baritone voice is leading us in in this very film noir kind of mm-hmm. exposition. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is good. And I was on board right away. And they also, they did that thing kind of like with when they rebooted Spider-Man again. They're like, we're not doing the backstory stuff like yeah. everyone knows. They kind of did that with this one, too, where it's like he's already been around for a couple years. Yeah, I think this is supposed to be year two. Yeah, I think so. Um, So, like, he's he's around, but, you like, know, he's People not... already know yeah. that he's, don't fuck with the bad man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then it was, yeah, just like a fun it was like a a mystery it had those film noir elements the action was very exciting yeah like i think it might be my my favorite ever car chase oh it's really good it's really fucking and good and like batman begins has an excellent car chase absolutely in it. yeah it does but this one uh the cinematography was just so compelling yeah Gosh. The cinematographer on this was Greg Fraser, who just won the Oscar for Dune. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, and he's going to probably be up for another one, I think, for this one, because it looks incredible. For sure. Um, Yeah, I, like, I was, when I saw, like, the runtime of, like, nearly three hours, I was like, <laughs> yep. oh, boy, really? Do we need three hours of this? But, like, I, yeah, I was transfixed from the get-go it was so so good um yeah i don't i don't really have any complaints about it honestly um other than i have one tiny little gripe uh which is it feel the ending feels a little bit tacked on um like the story kind of resolved, and then there was more denouement than there needed to and, be, and then like they felt like they needed to have a big action scene or something. Um, so like, well, should we say spoilers from here on out? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So spoilers. Uh, the action or the like the the plot sort of resolves itself a little bit in that uh, the Riddler essentially i guess turns himself in yeah um for reasons that are somewhat unclear yeah i would need to watch the scene again but he's very much like he wanted to be in prison with batman yeah because they were going to be safe in there yeah from the entire city being flooded yeah and he thought that he and batman were the same Right. That they were the same kind of crazy. And they're like, hey, we're going to flood the whole city, and then you and I can hang out forever in here. Yeah. It's the kind of vibes I got. It seemed like they wanted, because this movie draws heavily from uh, the movie Seven. Mm. Um, and a little bit also from Zodiac. Like I know the Zodiac killer was the inspiration for the Riddler, mm. both like the way he operates and the way he talks and kind of the way he looks as well. So nuts. Paul Dano killed it. By the yeah, way. he's holy really crap. Good. He did a good job. Really good. 
Um, so it seemed like they wanted that moment from seven where Kevin Spacey shows up at the police station and he's got his fingerprints cut off and all bandaged up and he's like, detective, you've been looking for me and, you know, takes him into custody, but it's because he's like setting up his final act because Brad Pitt is his final victim. Mm-hmm. You know, his sin is wrath, and that's he needs him to see. Because his, his, you know, Kevin Spacey's sin is envy. He's envy of Brad Pitt's life and you know, his perfect life and his perfect wife. But there wasn't anything like that clearly in the Batman. Like, there was nothing that, like, the Riddler getting captured like set in motion the fin- the finale you know yeah cuz it was already it was it was, it was gonna, gonna happen, happen no matter what yeah, wherever he was yeah he had already set the bombs he had already encouraged his you know f- 500 facebook followers to <laughs> yep dress up like him and go try and shoot the new mayor yep um and so uh, it seemed like they they just wanted a a scene where he fights the riddler or a bunch of people that looked like the riddler you know so they could have like a nice like finale like action scene but they also wanted that scene where the villain gives himself up at the end it mm. just it felt a little disconnected oh, okay it it felt like they had 12 Riddler costumes. I mean, they looked like they were pretty inexpensive. <laughs> yeah, but they also looked like freaking identical. Yeah. And it's like, did he send them all patterns? I'm assuming. To sew them himself? Like, it seems like they've been they've been hanging out online for a long time, swapping recipes. You know, and maybe I just maybe I need to watch it again, but I didn't notice a lot of like individuality between those. Yeah, I don't think so. And I'm assuming that's so that they could use those shots in the trailer and nobody would notice. But I don't know. That that's that's my one kind of complaint is that like it it didn't have uh I, like it didn't tie itself up in a neat little bow the way they wanted it to, I think, or the way they were hoping it was going to. Mm. Well, they also plan on doing more. Right? Yeah, no, they will, but I Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It 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 just it felt like they wanted to have two different things. And maybe it was maybe it was like a studio note where they were like, You need to have a big action scene at the end and he's like, I don't want He gives himself up but so that you know, yeah. I don't know. His his motivation for giving himself up wasn't clear to me. Gotcha. And I haven't gone back and watched it again, so I you know, might do that at some point, but mm. that's uh Maybe that... maybe there was an element of like like false sense of security. Maybe. Where they're like, oh, you caught me. I guess all my schemes are over. But yeah. they're not. That could be. Kind of got some vibes there. Yeah. But yeah, ultimately, very good movie. I only had one gripe as well, actually. And that was that the the romance didn't really hit quite home for me. Where, like, I really liked the beginning of the relationship. Where she's like, I'm trying to help my friend. Yeah. Who the fuck are you? And he's like, you're going to help me. And... I know that's not how he's Don't you know it. who I am? <laughs> he didn't really try to put on a voice no. very much like Christian Bale did. 
And no, which is good. Yeah, it was a good it was a good choice. I think yeah. Um but like, you know, and then eventually she's like, "You know what? You're a fucking weirdo. Uh, peace out." Yeah. And then she bails. And then she comes back and is like, "Hey, so like I need to save my friend. I can get to this dirty cop. You going to help me?" And he's like, "Okay." But oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Only if we do things my way. And then she's like, "Great." And then they kiss. And I'm yeah. like, "What?" And then, like, I get that they're both, like, there's always been some sexual tension between Batman and Catwoman, though, you know? Yes. I don't think they're ever meant to be, like, in love. I mean, I think they did eventually in the comic books kind of fall in love, and I think they have a kid or something at one point. Um, but, well, I, the general idea, I think, is there's, like, some sexual tension but it's never actually going to like work out as a actual romantic relationship. You know? Yeah. Um, I guess so. I just, I didn't quite buy into it as much, but then that was okay because also they were never going to end up together and they didn't. Yeah. They, it didn't go anywhere. It doesn't need to go anywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That, that's a fair. gripe. Yeah. I, I, I do. I, you know, I remember when the Batman Begins came out and it was like, this is the most like grounded, realistic take on Batman ever. And it's like, you watch this and it's like, wow, they no, they actually did it like, <laughs> like, how does he get into the Penguins nightclub? He knocks on the door. Yep. Dressed like Batman. He's yep. like, don't you know who I am? They're like, yeah. And then he goes in and talks to the Penguin. Yeah. I actually really liked the the dichotomy too, where it's like, he comes in as Batman. He's like, don't you know who I am? And then first he closes the door and then he comes back with his twin and they're like, we're going to fuck you up. And then he has to like fight his way in. Yeah. And then later he comes back not dressed as Batman. Yeah. Or he's just, I'm Bruce Wayne. And he's like, don't you know who I am? He's like, oh, hey, you're Bruce Wayne. Like, Holy fuck. Well, it doesn't do the same thing where he like closes the door and then opens it up. He's like, dude, check it out. Oh, yeah. It's Bruce Wayne. Brings his twin. <laughs> and he's like, check it out. Yeah. That was, that was funny. Yeah. I like that. But yeah, no, it was way more grounded in realism and like, the Dark Knight had a lot of grit to it, for sure. Yeah. Like, it was dark and punchy. Mm-hmm. But this felt more grounded. And in that aspect, for me at least, it had more impact. Yeah. Like, you know, there's things, like, in The Dark Knight where it's like, oh, he's 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 got these this cape that if you run an electrical current through it, it becomes rigid and you can make makes it into a glider yeah and then, like this one he's got to like zip up his cape into like a squirrel suit and like just like fucking yeah. jump off it's the building a, it's just a black base jumping yeah suit. stuff like that right so, so legit yeah which that was one of the goofiest things in the movie but i think it kind of i kind of worked for me i loved it because it it did feel again it was like grounded in realism it was like okay that, that you just look at it and you know how it would work you don't need someone to explain it on screen to you yeah and then also it's clearly the first time he's tried it because he wipes out real fucking hard yeah and, and like just has watch, to like run away <laughs> yeah watching him like eat it and have to pick himself up and run away one of my first thoughts was like this is what i loved about the daredevil series mm-hmm. so he's just a guy getting his ass kicked yeah trying his best and I'm like, nice. That's yeah, I enjoy so. that. I actually rewatched uh The Dark Knight Rises. Um oh, not not bad. not too long. Or no wait. Which one's the second one? The Dark Knight. Oh, the Dark Knight. That's the one I rewatched. Yeah, that's a good one. The yeah. one with the Joker. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um 
The other one's not good. Yeah, I, have, I still haven't seen The Dark Knight Rises. Real, I never saw it. Real bad. You told me not to, so I didn't do it. I trust you. Don't do it. It's bad. Um, but in my, in my head, I was like, I wonder if... So Heath Ledger's performance is like called Legendary. I wonder, and I've been wondering if I was like overinflating it because of the hype and then also because he died afterward. And I watched it and I was like, nah, he's really good. It's really good. <laughs> it's a really fucking good performance. And I think in a way it's sort of ruined Batman movies a little bit since then because it's like that's like what everyone feels the need to live up to in a way you know mm. yep i feel that um but that's what i liked i think my favorite character in in this movie i think was the penguin yeah it's just a mob boss <laughs> it's colin farrell which yeah i did not realize until yeah. um like i was watching it with Mackenzie, and she looked it up partway through and she was like oh my gosh You'll never guess who the penguin is. Yeah, which, like, I guess because, like, if James Gandolfini was still alive, they would have just got him because he's, you know. He is the penguin. <laughs> he is the penguin, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> it would have just. But, you know, he's not with us anymore. So what are you going to do? You're going to put a bunch of makeup on Colin Farrell to make him look like James Gandolfini. And then, but, like, kind of like James Gandolfini, like, like got left out to mold a little bit. Yes. Yeah. And, like, lost a knife fight in yeah. base. Yeah. Yeah, but it was he good. Tripped and fell down the stairs, and then fell back up the stairs on the way up, and that's <laughs> kind of what he looks like now. Basically, um, yeah. But yeah, oh, he did a great job. He was so, and he's so funny, right? And like, because the the one thing that was annoying me the whole time, like, I love the whole like detective aspect of it, and they're trying to solve clues, and like, they're like, yeah, Batman's a really good detective, but then there's like rat with wings. I'm like, no one jumped to bat. <laughs> talking about pigeons you're talking about like uh they were so they were so focused on like the rat in the operation yeah that they yeah and it's like oh i don't know it could be uh you know a bat sounds like a bat to me and i'm like <laughs> fucking finally someone yes, said it jesus someone. <laughs> pretty obvious what <laughs> that's so good yeah like it's a, obviously a dig at batman this whole thing <laughs> has been just like digs at batman so yeah mm-hmm. But no, that whole scene where they're interrogating him was so funny, and he's so great, and I'm glad that they're giving him his own kind of show on HBO Max. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, Let's move off of uh, La Batman for a second. Um, Just for one second? Just for one second. Yeah. We'll talk about some dogs again. (laughs) No. Um, I saw something really awesome. Oh, that is probably my favorite movie I've seen all year, and I don't know if it's going to be topped. Wow. Uh, I went to see Everything Everywhere all at once. How was it? Unbelievable. Oh. Um, it is hands down, like, the most, like, it's, one, it's the most batshit wide-released movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay. Um, it is just, I don't know how, I don't know how they got that movie made. Like, I don't know (laughs) how you walk into a studio and go like, this is the movie we'd like to make. And, and have someone like understand what you're pitching them and go like, yes. (laughs) Because like, if they walked in to my office and I'm an executive, I'd go, didn't you make the farty corpse movie? And they'd say yes, and I'd say please leave. Wow. Because it's made by Daniels. Daniels. 
two guys named Daniel right. direct movies together, and they made a movie called Swiss Army Man. That yeah, I saw the trailers and I was like, "That's weird." Maybe and my least favorite it. movie I've ever seen. Wow, I absolutely hated that movie. That's too bad. Um, but this movie, there's a lot of really good buzz around it, and I'm like, you know what? I mean, I know there's people that like Swiss Army Man as well, but I'm gonna give this a shot because it looks a little bit more up my alley, and it has Michelle Yeoh in it, and I oh love Michelle gosh. Yeoh. She's fantastic, and she kills it in this movie. That's wonderful. She is so good. And, you know, uh, I've seen interviews with her talking about, like, the reason I wanted to do this movie is because it allows me to do more than just one thing, you know? Yeah. It lets me use all of the skills that I have in my toolbox. Yeah. I think maybe we saw the same interview because I saw an interview, too, where she was talking about it. It's like the reason she took the role was, like, a chance to show her talent, like, to show her range. And she just turned 60, I believe. Really? Uh, I think so. Wow. Uh, I will double check. Um, but, you know, she, everyone knows she can fight. Um, she's an amazing, you know, kung fu martial artist. But she. And, and she can also be a, a stern mother. <laughs> she could be a stern mother. Uh, but, yeah, she. Uh, she's so talented. She does it all in this movie. And uh, she's 59, oh. sorry. 59. She's 59. My goodness, I, um, I would not have guessed that she was that that old. But uh, like one of the, the best surprise in that movie is uh, the actor that plays her husband is Short Round. Whoa, what? From Indiana Jones and the Temple yeah. of Doom. Yeah. Shoot. Who, and, and Goonies, right? Like he basically hasn't been acting for forever. Yeah, I was trying to just think in my head, how long ago was was that? <laughs> That's the 80s. Um, and he Sheesh. basically, he went back to Hong Kong and was doing like fight choreography and stuff like that in Hong Kong for forever because he felt that there wasn't any good roles for Asian people in Hollywood. Um, and then he saw Crazy Rich Asians and was like, oh, damn, like I would have loved to have been involved in that. Aww. Um, and like went back to his agent and was like, I'd like to act again. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I went and got this movie and it's so weird because he looks like in a way he looks exactly the same. Oh really? Is and sounds exactly the same. Oh, it's my just gosh. like, it's just like, and I'm walking and I'm like, that looks like short round. That looks like short round. And then, and then he spoke and I'm like, that sounds like short round. <laughs> I'm like that's short round I haven't seen this guy in anything in so long like it was just it was so great to see him but it's it's hard to talk about this movie without giving anything away and I don't want to give anything away other than like absolutely drop everything you're doing and go see it like make this a priority okay Um, because it's been it's been doing well in theaters and they keep expanding it wider and wider to more screens so Mm. like Sounds like it's doing pretty good, um, but it's great. Like both my partner and I went to see it. We were both crying, Aww. laughing. It was, it's unbelievable filmmaking. It's so, wow. it's so good. Um, and it's just like it feels. It felt like, you know, the, the filmmakers had a vision, and they were just completely creatively unencumbered. That's and fantastic. they were allowed to make the exact thing that they wanted to make. Wow. 
And nobody stepped in and said, mm, actually, do you think you could do it maybe like this? You know, so. That's a really rare and beautiful thing. It really is. Yeah. And if this movie does well, then that means that will open the door for more people to yeah. do things like that. Be creative. Um, Follow your vision. You know, it's definitely, it's not like a style of filmmaking that I, like, say, like, I identify with, where I can say, like, oh, man, like, that's, that's something I want to do, or that's, um, you know, that, like, I totally get where they're going with this, this really speaks to me in this way, it's just like, that, that's not it, it's more just like, oh, that's, that's you, like, mm. this is 100% uniquely you, and you just took that and just put it on screen for everyone to see, you know, um, so that's, and, and it doesn't feel like anything else that's out there so that's awesome yeah i've been i've been preaching the gospel of this movie ever since i saw <laughs> it and i've been trying to convince everyone to do it i'm like telling my parents i'm like shut up just go see it <laughs> I'm like well are we gonna like it i'm like yes you're gonna love it and they're like well, what's it about i'm like it doesn't matter just go <laughs> see it. look if you if you go see it and you don't like it i'll pay you back for the tickets like wow. just do it so I mean, yeah, it's definitely been on my radar. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Good to know that it's awesome. Uh, it It is it is incredible. It is incredible. Gotta um, go see that now. Yeah. Wish that I had seen it today. I had some other stuff that I saw, but I don't think it's important. I think we should get on with the sheer. I think we have dickered enough. Yeah. So... We decided we wanted to do another little mini series. Yeah. Well, you decided. I decided. <laughs> it's my fault. It's on sorry. you. Yep. Uh, we what? What are we calling it again? Uh, what did I count? Can cannon fodder. Cannon fodder is what I had said last time. All right. This is our cannon fodder series where we dive into canon films, something we've put off for long enough somehow. Uh, and we jumped headfirst in with uh, Chuck Norris's first uh, movie with Canon Films, Missing in Action. Vietnam, 1984. Chuck Norris is James Brad, Decorated war hero. Ex-prisoner of war. An American on a mission. One man who couldn't forget the Americans that were left behind. We categorically deny that there are any living MIA Vietnam. Wrong answer. James Braddock has returned. To uncover the truth and free the soldiers. We're going home? Missing in action. Damn right. James Braddock declares war. The war isn't over until the last man comes home. America had no more heroes until now. Chuck Norris missing in action. Wow. Wow. Yep. Chuck Norris, all right. Yeah, it's his first 
released film. Yes. With canon. <laughs> yeah. So, um, should we maybe do just like a little bit about canon films for the people that aren't uh, familiar? Yeah, uh, maybe maybe just a little. I think we're probably going to talk about canon a lot over the the series. We, we Some, will a little a little precursor to lead us into the canon fodder. Just, just for context, so Canon Films is a company started by two Israeli filmmakers, uh, Yoram Glovis and Menachem Golan, uh, and they came to America with a dream and, I guess, a decent amount of cash. They had already, like, made a name for themselves in Israel, hadn't they? Mm. That is true. They released some, like, teen sex comedy movies Yep. in Israel that did uh, pretty well. And so, uh, but they wanted to come to Hollywood and they wanted to make Hollywood movies. Because they wanted to be big all over the world. All over the world. Yeah. Hollywood is how you do that. Yeah. So, what they specialize in, I think, can best be described as schlock. That's the right word, yeah. Yeah. They are the schlock masters. Um, I think they were described... Um, I mean, you know, they're called hustlers. They've been called a lot of things. <laughs> um, we watched a documentary called Electric Boogaloo, the wild, untrue tale of canon films, um, which sort of is a, a tell-all uh, retrospective documentary about the the rise and fall of this company from the, the, this it's from an Australian filmmaker actually, who did a documentary called not quite Hollywood, which dives into the history of um, Australian exploitation cinema, hmm. which is very good. And then he's also done another documentary called machete maidens or something like that. That's about um, just uh, Roger Corman and a bunch of other guys, mostly Roger Corman, um, though made a bunch of movies in the philippines in the in the 70s hmm. 70s and 80s and and there were all these sort of like you know exotic jungle adventure movies with you know exotic women and women in cages and, right. you know that kind of stuff uh, and he so he did a documentary about those as well hmm. um so it's kind of his bread and butter i guess he's got this like trilogy of like documentaries chronicling these like b-movie phenomena that happened yeah mostly in the 70s and 80s and stuff but a good thing yeah uh so these <laughs> <laughs> i think i mean i think it's a really entertaining documentary like it, it was very interesting it, it does yeah. it in like a really fast-paced um it's it's maybe not as in-depth as it could be but it's like it's very fast paced. It tells the story and it gives you paints a really good picture of what these two guys were about, which is yep. basically they're these two guys. They love making movies. They wanted to be big, huge guys in Hollywood. They wanted to be basically what and I'm sorry, I'm about to say the name that we're not supposed to say what the Weinsteins were, except right. they had no taste. Yep, not at all. Um, and I, I think that's even said in the. In the documentary, some guy says, like, they, they wanted to be Harvey and Bob, except Harvey and Bob had taste. Yeah. These guys just had no idea of, like, what a good movie was or what people wanted to see. They just thought, like, the more boobs and violence and blood and shooting that they could put in to a movie, the better it would be. And that's what everyone wanted to see. Yep. Um. 
Yeah, there's a scene in the movie we just watched, this is a quick side note, where Chuck Norris is at a bar asking for information from the bartender. He gets the information and leaves. The scene ends with someone else placing a topless woman on the bar, and then it cuts and away. And then it cuts away. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I was like oh, just that put, was weird. Put, put the boobs in there, and now we can cut. Yeah. What, yeah. A, what a choice that was. I guess there's not a lot of place for uh, boobs in a, in a Vietnam War movie. You got a bunch of sweaty dudes running around the jungle, you know. So they're just like, we got to get some titties in this somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and and so they they get them in there, but yeah, basically they 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 just they they I think they all the name of their game was quantity over quality. As Absolutely, well, you know? they made more movies than anyone was making. Yeah, they were just churning them out more movies than maybe they should have. Yes, I think that's true. <laughs> um, you know, because they were they're buying movies, they're making movies, and then they're buying cinema chains so that they can play all these movies that they're making. And they, right? You know, and they're like, we're in debt to the the bank for ten million dollars, and they're going like, oh, I wish we owed them a hundred million dollars because it would have made would, meant we had made, you know, a hundred million more movies. They're so insane because they cost about a dollar to make, is what it seems like. But you know. Yeah, yeah, it was a quote from him of like like have have you ever made a movie for thirty million dollars? And he was like, Thirty million dollars? No, I wouldn't know what to do with thirty million dollars. Make thirty million movies, maybe. Yeah, he's like I he's yeah. like I could make thirty movies for yeah. that. Like why would I make spend all that on one movie that's stupid? <laughs> um What a way to think. Yeah. And so in the course of running this company, they stumbled upon this guy who does karate i guess sort of and he doesn't do it in this movie or any of the movies that i've seen of him but he does fight bruce lee in a movie right he's a he's a he's a punching man he's a punching man he's a big charisma vacuum is basically what he is (laughs) wow (laughs) (laughs) because he's not look he's not a good actor and he's not charming right like you don't need to be a good actor in order to have charisma there's plenty of actors out there that are like bad actors but they're fun to watch yeah um he is not one of them yeah it's like honey you left your your ken doll out in the sun too long yeah now it's chuck norris yeah oh and someone glued uh you you put some some glue on it and the the cat walked by and now it's just got hair all over it (laughs) That's Chuck Norris, just a big, hairy, mulleted, bearded, yeah, the wax mannequin of a man. The haircut was is I think yeah. it's the same throughout his entire Everything. career. He had isn't one, it? he had one haircut pretty much. Yeah, it's a special. It's a special it's like haircut. Center part in the front, bad mullet, half mullet in the back. Yeah, like he couldn't commit to the full mullet, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But mi- missing in action is the movie that we're watching, mm-hmm. um, and as we learned in this uh, documentary, this was actually the second film in the Missing in Action series. Yep. Um, the the first one being directed by Lance Hool of um, Steel Dawn fame. Yep. Uh, but I guess the director of this one saw Lance Hool's film and said to Golan and Globus, hey, if you guys put this out, it's going to kill the business for our movie. You should put our movie out first because it's better. 
And the, this is because they were already doing the next one before yeah. the first one released. They decided they were going to shoot two right away. Yeah. Um, and so Ken basically went, okay. And they put out Missing in Action, which was the second film in the series as Missing in Action. And then the first one that they had filmed as Missing in Action, The Beginning. Yep. So it's a prequel. Yeah. Um, how great for us. How great. <sighs> we can recap this plot in about 30 seconds, I bet. I'm sure. Do you want to take it or should I? Uh, I'll give it a go. All right. Take it away. I'll, I'll count. Chuck Norris is a former uh, U.S. Army guy and was a prisoner of war during the Vietnam War. It's 10 years later. Uh, the Vietnam War has ended and he's still real mad that there's a bunch of MIA soldiers. So he decides that he's going to go get them. Uh, and he's brought to Vietnam as by the request of the president. Uh, and the general is uh, denying that there are any MIAs in Vietnam. So what does he do? He sneaks into his bedroom at night and then he interrogates him to find out where they are. And then he kills him. And then he goes and finds his drunken army buddy to rent his boat. And he puts a crew together. And then he goes and gets the guys. Uh, and they escape. And they land the helicopter right outside the senatorial hearing building and right as the the new general who's not dead is going hey there's no mias in in vietnam it's all gravy baby and then chuck norris busts in the door and he's like i'm back bitches credits yeah it was about 53 seconds but yeah that's uh, that's everything you needed to know right there (laughs) yeah so what a film what a film it was yeah really really just painting just really vilifying vietnam in a big way yeah Um, which uh i think this was inspired by rambo i think somehow these guys had gotten a treatment for rambo 2 and then did the classic thing where they're like we need to beat rambo 2 to the cinemas yeah we're gonna capitalize on the rambo franchise so we're gonna make our own Rambo, because, Which, like, Rambo 2 is also about Rambo going back to Vietnam to get prisoners yeah. of war, right? Yep. Rambo 1 is about a guy with horrible PTSD from being a prisoner of war in the Vietnam War and how he's not dealing with it very well. Not really, no. I.e. shooting up a small town in uh, B.C. Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that was in B.C. <laughs> yeah, it's in Hope. <laughs> That's right, yeah. It's like it's like an hour from here. Yeah, maybe even a bit less. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... You know, and then in uh, Rambo 2, they're like, hmm, but what if we actually won Vietnam? It's basically what Rambo 2 is about. They're like, Rambo, you need to go back in there and win the Vietnam War for us, even though it's over. Yeah. He has to go back in and rescue some POWs, and Golan and Globus saw that, and they're like, we can do that, but we can do it first. And, you know. Yeah, not better. Yeah. First. First. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and oh, that's gosh. kind of the name of the game. There's, you know, at, eventually these t- two guys split up, stopped making movies together. They all started their own companies mm-hmm. and their, their whole thing was like, we want to make a Lombada movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was the next movie that they were going to produce before they broke up. And so they just had like two competing Lombada movies. And the goal was like, to just get it done as fast as possible and get yeah. it, beat the other one into. And they ended up releasing the same night, the same night the same theater or like two theaters right next to each other it was like limos from the opposing Lombada movies yeah. were arriving at the theater together. It's like, and so they just split the viewership of yeah. anyone that would want to go see that. Yeah. 
And Gosh. also, like, who wanted to see a Lombada movie in the first place? I, not, Nobody. Yeah, exactly. Can I just say to you... <sighs> nice. Yeah. Um, one of the funniest things about that documentary that we watched is that it ends saying, like, we reached out to um, Menachem and Yolan to be part of this documentary, and they said no. And then they turned around and made their own documentary about yes. themselves <laughs> and released it three months earlier yeah. than this one got released. Yeah. And be... I'm like, wow, that is exactly what I would have expected after seeing this documentary. Oh, totally, right? <laughs> Fuck. Um, so, yeah, it just it seems like they're trying to capitalize on Rambo, and they've got this guy with less charisma than Sylvester Stallone. It's the vacuum. It's the vacuum. Yep. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um... <laughs> So, you know, I mean, yeah, basically the plot is he, he knows there's some MIAs in, in Vietnam and he wants to go get them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a decent amount of action in this movie, but what, like, not... Yeah, but it's... <laughs> it's yeah, it's hard to talk about the movie because it, the movie is 90% quote-unquote action, but it's... I think that's generous. I think it's like... 90% him going around and, and talking to people about renting their boats and stuff. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> like, there was, a, there was a lot of haggling about boats, and then the next scene was him talking to some guy about renting an airplane, and I was like, are we going to see his entire shopping trip? It, yeah, we did, pretty much. Because he also goes and buys some bullets, and we see that. Yeah. Doesn't he go and buy guns and ammo and stuff at one point? Uh, I think that might have been included with the raft that he oh, buys. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah gosh well okay no so yeah so there's three things he goes and finds his old army body he got to rent his boat wants to go get a, a, a raft to so he's got a boat and then he's got a smaller boat and then an even smaller boat <laughs> that's right he's got rushing russian nesting boats going on <laughs> which is vital to his plan yeah so his plan is to take the boat from thailand over to vietnam get in the 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 pontoon dinghy uh, yeah. with the smaller dinghy in tow behind, stash that dinghy at the mouth of the river. Yeah. Uh, take the dinghy up the river to the POW camp <laughs> yeah. in the dead of night, uh, bust everyone out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so he sneaks in, and there's a lot of, like, it's supposed to be tense, but it's kind of just Chuck Norris wandering around the jungle. Yeah. And it was like, is there supposed to be tension? And like, I think the answer is yes, because the music is saying there's tension, but... There's not really any. Yeah, um nothing nothing being felt. Uh and then, you know, so he uh busts all the POWs out. Uh they get in uh his dinghy. Uh no, sorry. I got ahead of us. He he goes to the POW camp and the the American POWs aren't there, but there's some Vietnamese POWs kept there. And he starts yeah, in a, like cages. In like cages and he starts a little uprising. Where he's like, here, you guys are free, get some weapons, and then, and then, you know, the guy's like, okay, boys, we're gonna fight for our freedoms, let's get the guns, and we're gonna go. And so he goes back to his dinghy, which, uh, you know, he sees the convoy coming, him and his, his army buddy, uh, you know, they're on the dinghy, and he sees the con- the convoy coming, and he's got his big gun, and he's shooting them, and then his dinghy gets hit by a, it's the, the pontoon dinghy. Yeah. Gets hit by an RPG or whatever, and he gets launched into the, uh... Which was which is really fun because we see we see the guy shoot the rocket, 
And then there's a shot where you can't see the water, but you can see water splashing up. And the, the pontoon dinghy is like in the air already. And people fall off it. And yeah. then it just lands back on the water. It looks fine. There's just like a little bit of fire on it. Yeah, it was a little bit. But it's still up, floating. It was definitely still floating. You could have just splashed some water on the on the <laughs> fire. Like, can, you and just kept get, going. can you just get back on there? It yeah. looked like maybe the engine blew up. Who knows? Yeah, we'll never know. Um, but then you know, Chuck Norris gets his awesome hero shot where he busts out of the water with his big M sixty machine gun and he's shooting in slow motion. Oh yeah. Um, because the the American POWs would be transported in a convoy. In trucks, yeah, and he for shoot, some reason, yeah, he shoots up the convoy, rescues the Americans. They're like, Are "We going home?" And he's like, "Damn right we are!" And then they start running through the jungle. Yeah, um, and it's very much like the opening of the movie, which is a flashback or a dream. I mean, it's a dream, but it's like it seems to be based on a flashback experience, maybe. Yeah, we haven't seen the second one, which is the first one yet. <laughs> so, like, who knows what happens there? Yeah, it could have just been footage from the first. Could have been second film because it ends with him. Uh, you know, he gets gets as many of the POWs on the helicopters as he can, and then he's going back for like one more guy, and and there's just a Viet, you know, he, the guy gets stabbed with a, a bayonet, and there's a Vietnamese soldier just stabbing him over and over with the bayonet. Yeah, like five times. And Chuck Norris is like, what I need to do is grab these two grenades that are on my vest, pull the pins, and I need to jump on top of this guy holding two live grenades. Yeah. And just blow us all up. Apparently. And I was like, oh, this movie's gonna be over quick, because they're about to kill Chuck Norris, and then he wakes up in a, you know, hotel, and it's like, Oh, this is just you try to do Apocalypse Now's opening, but it's it sucks. But it's bad. He's just there watching also, Spider-Man cartoons. Yeah, that's probably the best part of the movie. Actually, is it's the like, little bit of Spider-Man cartoon that we saw where he's fighting Shocker. It's the best written part of the movie. <laughs> Ayo. <laughs> but also, like, yeah. So we were like, that must have been a dream because if he was holding two grenades and jumped on someone to blow everyone in the vicinity up. He would be dead. Yeah. And he's not. Very much alive. Very much has his hands. You know. So like, so was that a And And grenades in this. I think it was just a dream. Was I, I a was on the fence throughout the movie. I'm like, this is either a dream or this is going to be the ending of the movie at the beginning. And we're going to find out how he gets to the point where he has to jump right. onto a single soldier with two grenades. <laughs> um Especially since he'd be able to take everyone out just by like karate chopping them in the back of the neck. Yeah. Or just in the back. Or just in the back. In general. Hit him in the yeah, shoulder. Shoulder. They they're dead. Yeah. They died. Um, <laughs> but Classic so, human weak spot. The shoulder blade. Yeah. So then they have to go. This is the best part, right? They, they're they running through the jungle. The The pontoon dinghy exploded, but he's he's got the other dinghy that he just, fucking... Yeah, the inflatable raft. Yeah, and it's very clearly... There's like a, gl- a gray dinghy that's good for like one, maybe two people. Yeah. And they pile like 17 guys <laughs> into this thing and they're literally just paddling. Like and it's two, going nowhere. Two guys with paddle. Like Chuck Norris is in the front. The drunk, uh, you know, army buddy of his, that's the boat captain, is in the back and he's paddling yeah. away. And they're just trying desperately to get back to the boat uh, until the, the, the guy, there's like a patrol boat coming. Mm-hmm. And there's the one guy that's like the second in command on the boat is like the, the 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 first mate or whatever. I guess he's there with a big machine gun. He's shooting. He gets shot. And then Chuck Norris's army buddy is just like, "See ya!" and just 
jumps off the boat. But he he because it's a it's an inflatable raft. You yeah. cannot jump off of it. No, he eats himself so off the boat. He just like just like see in hell or whatever, and then just like straightens up his body and oh, falls yeah. off it like he's a fucking seal going for a swim off the glacier. Totally. Like, it's a penguin. Yeah, it's he like penguins. A, it's a penguin jumping into water. Oh, like, see you in hell. <laughs> and, oh my gosh. Yeah. That was great. And, uh, and so he, he goes, goes to the big to, gun. Yeah. And then he gets blown up yeah. and dies. And everyone else makes it out yeah. except for that guy. So really all Chuck Norris accomplished is getting his friend killed. Yeah. And I guess rescuing a bunch of people. That is well. Um, uh, he does not, there's no, I don't remember there being any, like, emotional response to that, by the way. He's, there's a shot of the, the boat on fire, and then it cuts to a shot of Chuck Norris looking at it. With just his face. With just his face. Um. He got his face on. And then it cuts back to it, and then it cuts back to Chuck Norris, and then the pilot's like, where are we going? And he's like, Saigon. And he's like, ah, oh, hell. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, <laughs> the pilot really doesn't like that. He's like, I know exactly what we're doing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's basically missing in action. I mean, yeah. Although I would say plot-wise, but like we, plot, can, yeah. we can talk about the finer details. So I think, yeah, the best part of the movie probably happens like right away. Where like before, you know, he jumps to his death holding two grenades in a scene that we don't know if it's a flashback or a dream or what it is. Um, there's a bunch of shots of just, you know, jungle warfare or whatever. And Chuck Norris is there and he's killing a lot of people. And then a lot of people are dying on his side too. But there's one scene where someone on his side shoots a Vietnamese oh, shoulder, yeah. uh, soldier, sorry. Um, and then looks over at Chuck Norris and Chuck Norris gives him a thumbs up and then that guy gives chuck norris a big thumbs up and they stay on him for too long and then he's too distracted giving chuck norris a thumbs up and he gets shot dead that's true that is the best that was hilarious and that and that should be (laughs) that that clip that gif needs to be a meme Yes, hundred percent. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like me just when I've got my life together. <laughs> just when I think I've got it all sorted out. Oh, <laughs> yep. Oh gosh. Uh that's it's, good. It's good. I also like the bit where there's like a a lady accompanying him. Uh, you know, to the senatorial hearing thing. And then uh, she invites yeah, him she's back. Yeah, like, she's the one like trying to put the case together. Yeah. And she invites him back for a nightcap, and then he starts getting undressed, and she's like, oh, Chuck Norris, I don't know what you th- thought I meant by a nightcap. And he's like, well, you turn around, I'm kind of shy. And then he puts on like a bunch of black commando clothes, and she's like, what? Which is kind of just a sweater. He just puts on like some black he, pants and a yeah, sweater. Yeah, like a cable knit sweater. It's cable knit. It's it like looks a, really it's comfy, like a fisherman actually. sweater. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's like he's going down to the docks. Yep. Um, and she's like, oh, Chuck Norris, what is this? What are you doing? And he's like, I'm just going to go wander around Saigon see, uh, how much has changed since the war. And she's like, don't do anything naughty. And then he scales, you know, climbs out the window, climbs down a drain pipe, goes and murders the Vietnamese general played by James Hong, uh, who's also in everything everywhere all at once, by the way. Lovely. Yeah. Cause he's in 450 <laughs> things. 
<laughs> yeah. the most IMDb credits of anyone I've ever seen ever. It's insane. What's, what's Samuel L. Jackson's count, I wonder? Like 176 Holy or something, crap. or 200 or something. Like, not even half of what this guy Holy has. Holy shit. Yeah. And Samuel L. Jackson's done a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Toilets is always funny. <laughs> Toilets is always funny. Um, My gosh. Yeah, he's in everything, and it's wonderful. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. Um, great voice. Excellent voice. He even did, he, recently, he did a voice in uh, Star Wars Visions. Oh! He's the elder Sith guy. Yeah, in that. that's right. Yeah. That one was good. That's a good one. Yeah, that's holy a very crap. Good one. It's, the, it's one of the Studio Trigger ones, I think. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very enjoyable. Um... I forget what I was going on. Oh, yeah. So, goes and kills it. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, so he goes and kills James Hong. And then he's, you know, running through the city, climbing across cables and running across rooftops and doing all this kind of stuff and evading the police. And he comes climbing back in the window. And she's like, where have you been? And he's like, take off your clothes. And he, like, starts taking off his clothes. And he takes off her clothes. And he throws her into bed and throws the blanket over top of them just as the Vietnamese army, like, busts in the door. And then they're like, oh my goodness. And he's like, let me guess. He's been with you all night. She's like, he's yes. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> How very convenient. Yeah. That was also, yes, I did, I did, it is. I did like that bit quite a bit. <laughs> I'm like, how are you going to get out of this one, Chuck? It was funny too, because like, you know, she kind of just goes along with it too. It's not was, like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? She's like, he's like, take off your clothes and start rubbing. And she's like, oh fuck, okay. But then also like this, this dude is the one who, when Chuck Norris was a prisoner of war, tortured him. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is the vengeance match here, and he's the one that busts busts in. So he oh, knows the vengeance match comes a bit later, and we could talk about that. Oh, <laughs> we absolutely need to saving that, saving yeah. up to it. Yeah, yeah, keep going. Um, though. but yeah, so he comes in. He knows that Chuck Norris is behind this. Chuck Norris knows that he knows that it's behind this. This is the most acting that happens in this movie in this one scene. By the way, absolutely. Well, except well, for maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, but it's so funny that he's just like, oh, I guess he's been here the whole time, obviously not believing him. And it's like very convenient. And Chuck Norris is just staring at him from the bed of like a, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, bitch? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? I'm naked in bed. I'm naked in bed. What are you going to do? You're going to get in here? You want to get in here in bed with me? And that's exactly what he wanted. Yeah. It's um, nice to know that um, this actor and Chuck Norris, I guess, had some sort of sexual relationship together. <laughs> Because the sexual chemistry between them was potent. You can't you can't fake that energy. Yeah, you it can't. Was... You know, it's like it's like Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's like that. Yep. Mm, they're not acting there. Nope. That's some real shit going down. That is the camera just yeah perfectly capturing reality. Yeah, it's only not... time it happens in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because this guy sneaks onto the boat and. Uh, yeah, which like so this is again like this is this should be it should be the grudge match. Is like this is the guy who tortured you, Chuck this Norris. This should be a finale. It should be the final fight. But halfway through the movie, while they're on the boat headed to save the POWs, this dude decides to using no backup whatsoever, use a small boat to like sneak on to Chuck Norris's friend's boat in the night. Mhm. Well, they, then... they've been trying to kill Chuck Norris the whole movie, you know? Oh, yeah. They shoot a rocket into his hotel. Well, oh. first first they send a guy to stab him, 
Oh yeah, Mr. Butterfly. Mr. Butterfly. He's a butterfly and knife. He gets stabbed and thrown out the window. Yeah, he eats it pretty quick. And then across the street is just a guy with a rocket launcher waiting to see whether or not this guy succeeded or not, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh and then when he doesn't, he shoots a rocket into um Actually though that scene was actually very enjoyable for me because he had been walking around for a long time. Yeah. And I was very sick of it. And then he goes into this room, and he's, like, looking around the room. I don't know why he's in there yeah. or what he's doing in that building. And then he, like, slowly comes up to a cabinet. And I was like, oh, please have a dead body in that cabinet. Please have a dead body. <laughs> like, if his dead, the dead body of his, like, friend falls out of that cabinet, I'll be like, yes, finally something happens. But then he yeah. opens the cabinet, and Mr. Butterfly is there to kill him. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Finally a fight. And then it lasts a few seconds. And I was like, ah. Yeah. Gosh. And then, yeah, there's just someone across the street with a rocket launcher. See Chuck Norris like, oh, guess my guess Mr. <laughs> not gonna Butterfly. get this opportunity again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then he's he's fine. Yeah, he's, he's, he just kind of ran out of the room before it got rocketed. I guess. Um, and you know, then he goes and wakes up his buddy, and he's like, "Buddy, we gotta go." And his buddy's in uh, bed with two prostitutes, and he's like, "Oh, hey, man, you want to you want to join us?" Oh yeah, which I thought was very very polite. It's very polite. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's a good thing to do. If you're having a threesome and, yeah. and your friend walks in, the polite thing to do is invite them yeah. to join. It's it's on them to turn it down. Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise you're rude. Exactly. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is a common life situation that we should all be equipped to deal with. Yeah. If if you don't know this, or if you didn't know this before, congratulations. Now you know. <laughs> Glad that we could be the ones to tell you. So yeah, um, then yeah, then they go. They're like, okay, so we're gonna leave early, and then as they're you know pulling up to the docks, uh, a bunch of bad guys and cars roll up, and they have an awesome, not awesome action so scene. Awesome. So lame. Um, yeah, we're like they're in cars and they're chasing Chuck Norris and his friend in the truck. Yeah, and he's on, like, then, he's like, driving like a flat deck truck. Yeah, like, you know. But not, then like the cars like swerve and stop and then they get out with guns and then Chuck Norris is still driving and then goes back to them and they have guns and they're they've gotten out of their cars and then it goes back to Chuck Norris and he's swerving somewhere and then all of a sudden Chuck Norris is behind them yeah like they're just facing the wrong way and I'm like what what the fuck happened he's driving in a circle and like his friend already got off the truck to go start the boat yeah his truck's his buddy's <laughs> like starting up the boat and they're leaving port they're pulling away yeah and, you know, this guy's, you know, the cars are chasing him and he makes one of them crash into uh, some something, probably a fruit stand. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, another guy, you know, jumps into the truck and he's in the back of the truck. and He's about to shoot him. And so Chuck Norris slams on the brakes. So he like goes flying forward and then, you know, accelerates real fast. So he goes flying out. And then the car and the. Well, he the, awkwardly falls out he of the awkwardly back falls into some out. mud. It was like, yeah. yeah. And it was pretty bad. The car and the truck, you know, are side by side and they're racing. The boat's leaving and Chuck Norris is trying to get to the boat and finally just like jumps out of the truck into the water, starts swimming towards the boat. And then both the empty truck that Chuck Norris was driving and the car, which was chasing him, which presumably has at least one person in it, maybe yep, two. Probably two. Both just drive off the edge of the pier <laughs> into the ocean. Yeah, he just doesn't stop. He's like, doesn't. well, if Chuck Norris is driving into the water, then I'm driving into the water because I have to go after Chuck Norris. <laughs> and they don't get out. You never, and you never see them get out. They just, they die. They just killed themselves yeah. by driving into the ocean. Yep. Which is so funny. Um, and then the the torture general is there and is like, right? I so, guess. Yeah. 
I guess using a bunch of people and a bunch of guns isn't going to work, so I'm going to go in alone. Yeah, with an axe. With an axe. And there's even a scene where, like, we see... You don't see his face. You see, like, his midsection, and he's got a gun. And then he puts the gun away and grabs an axe out of a basket. Yeah. And then I'm like, who's this supposed to be? Because this is at night on the boat. Yeah. We didn't see him get on the boat. Yeah, Chuck Norris is just kind of sitting there writing in his diary or whatever. Yeah. Dear diary, I am Chuck. I watched Still. a very good episode of Spider-Man today. <laughs> Uh, so then, yeah, he comes at him with an axe, but he's too slow because it's an axe. Yeah. If he had a gun, Chuck would be dead. Oh, but he did have a gun. He didn't use it. Yeah. Guns are faster than axes. Mm-hmm. That's that's just science. Yeah. So he's got this, like, fireman-style axe that he drives into the wood, and then Chuck Norris steps back and then, like, punches the axe, breaking off the head. Yeah, he, like, karate <laughs> chops the, the, the handle. Which, like, if you've ever held an axe before you can't just like break that thing in half not a good one <laughs> not a good one maybe it was a really bad one i don't know yeah maybe but, it's like uh, made of bamboo or something yeah I don't know. so he yeah, breaks off the head they have a bit of a scuffle and like th- this moment has not been built up to enough no like the music is barely even doing anything it's playing its normal two notes that it plays throughout most of the movie yeah um and then they're fighting and then yeah, the the music in this is like normally like dun, 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 at varying speeds, mm-hmm. and then occasionally we'll go to dun, 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 to like uh, introduce a scene change. Oh yeah, like when he goes into a different room. It goes into a different room. Yeah, the music only really changes notes when he he goes opens into a different and room. Doors. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> opens and closes doors, <laughs> or like starts a new scene. That's that's pretty much the music. Yeah, it's pretty but, special. Yeah. Um, Sorry, he's fighting. Yeah, he's fighting, and then the the torture general just grabs the head of the axe. Like it's there's no wood on it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> um, and he just pulls it out. There's some other wood in this scene, though. Yeah, and then he pulls out the wood. No, the head. Whoops. <laughs> the axe head. <laughs> pulls out the axe head, and then goes to like hit Chuck Norris with it. But then Chuck Norris like you know grabs his wrist, and then they're like struggling. In close proximity to each other, holding each other's arms, holding the axe head. But the shot that we get yeah. well, shows, shows there's, none there's, of that. There's been a couple scenes in this movie where Chuck Norris has had to like fight a guy with a knife. And you know the, the guy is trying to stab him and he's got to like turn the knife around and, and, and stab the guy with the knife. You yeah, know, like, like Mr. Butterfly. Mr. Butterfly. And I feel like it happened at least once more. I think so, yeah. Um, you know, So it's like, okay, they're struggling over the, the knife, right? But knives are pointy and sharp. Uh-huh. Axes are, like, sort of sharp, kind of, but, like, I could run the head of my axe along my arm with, like, a decent amount of pressure and, like, not cause any serious damage. Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd break a layer or two of skin. I might draw a tiny amount of blood, but, like, not enough to inconvenience me or maybe even require me to put a Band-Aid on it. Yeah, because it's, it's not what axe do. No, it's, it's blunt force and splitting. Yeah, splitting wood is not the same as cutting slicing wood yeah yeah um so that's just dumb in itself yeah so but so they're doing the the i'm gonna stab you no i'm gonna stab you thing but with a blunt axe head and we're supposed to feel fear (laughs) but the best part of course is that we have this shot over general torture's shoulder so that we can see chuck norris's face and we can see the struggle but we do not see their hands. We do not see the axe head. 
and it's just them. Struggling, looking, looking right into each other's eyes. It is so steamy. Yeah. My goodness. It is the most homoerotic thing I've seen in a while. And um, it's, yeah. What, What do you think is more homoerotic? This, like, whole, like who's got the head scene uh, or the uh, the mustache shaving scene from uh oh from uh, jason goes to hell yeah. um like probably the shaving scene probably because he does tongue him in the mouth he does tongue him in the scene. mouth and like he's naked they're both just there naked he's strapped to a table like yeah. it's there's there's like some homoerotic bondage elements going on for sure. Elements of knife play but happening. I think, you but know. I think the biggest difference is that <laughs> Jason goes to hell. That was pretty overtly homoerotic. That was supposed to be homoerotic. Yeah, it was. He this is just did that on purpose. Two men uh, expressing their true feelings for each other on film without realizing it is yeah. basically what's happening. I love a good accidentally extremely homoerotic scene. Yeah. I think that's amazing. It's the volleyball scene in Top Gun. Oh, baby. Wow. Which is like, that scene is played <laughs> on, on TVs in gay clubs. You know, like it's it's been. I did not know that. That's great. Oh, yeah. Like it's it's like it's an icon of gay cinema. <laughs> To, to, you know, for Iceman to say uh, to Maverick at the end of the movie, you could be my wingman any day. He's saying like, hey, buddy, I'm here for you whenever you need a hand or a mouth. This is, you know, this is the implication here. And it's just even gayer because it's Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Two very not nearly good actors or charismatic people. Yeah, and we should say but, far uglier than Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise also. Like, the most yeah. hideous version of that. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that it happened so accidentally is pretty great. Yeah, and so, like, in the middle of the movie... Yeah. ...is the other thing. Like, this should have been, like, you know, they're running... They're running for the 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 beach. You know, the helicopter shows up. He's trying to get the guys out of the dinghy, under the rope ladder, up the helicopter. And then that guy steps out onto the beach and like takes off his shirt and like pulls out a machete. And, oh yeah. And Chuck Norris like looks at his machine gun and he's like, no. And he chucks it in the water. Takes off he his takes shirt. off yeah. his shirt. He's already. And wet. they're like, where are you going? We gotta get out of here. He's like, hold on, I got a score to settle. And then he goes, runs back onto the beach, and they have a big old punch up or something, and he, you know, st- stabs him with a stick or something. I don't know. So you're but, saying that they should have held on until the climax? Yeah. Sex joke. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. They In- went. They went early. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Very early. Yeah. It's just middle of the movie. No, yeah. no lead up, and then just the tip, and then it's over. Yeah, that is what happened. Yeah. Whoops. So unfortunate. But yeah, he like, I think they like exchanged words briefly, but it was so boring. I don't even remember what they say. And then Chuck Norris kind of like rears back and like punches, presumably punches the axe head into him. But again, we're seeing shots where we don't know what they're doing with their hands. Yeah, it seemed like the Um, kind of thing they filmed at the end of the day. 
<laughs> and yeah. they're like, yeah, 15 minutes. We got to get out of here. <laughs> and Chuck and the other guy were like, don't worry. We're about to make magic on <laughs> Yeah, that was glorious. So, you know. But yeah. was it was it enough? No, it wasn't. I yeah. mean, it was hilarious. We laughed a lot at it. Um, it's memorable. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most memorable things in the movie. Yeah, it's that and the thumbs up. That and the thumbs up. <laughs> uh, there's also a great bit where uh, Chuck Norris gets in a cab, and then the cab driver tries to kill him for some reason. And he, oh, yeah, he, that was very unclear. And he strangles him, and then he crashes the cab and gets out and walks, and then some other guys just run over to the cab and get in. Oh, yeah, this get in, like, get shout in the a back. street name. Yeah. The cab was crashed. Yeah, very clearly crashed, like, into a dumpster. Yeah. Yeah. But, hey, man, it's Bangkok, you know. Should be crazy, I, I, I guess. I don't know. I don't know either. I've never been there. But they seem to be playing it off like it was a pretty normal thing around there. So who who knows, you know. Oh, boy. If your cab driver gets too drunk and, pa- and crashes the cab and you got to drive yourself home, your ride is free. Oh. What a fun That's policy. Bangkok, t- Bangkok Taxi Cab Company guarantee. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. No, I don't know. It was... Uh, not not a very exciting movie Mm-mm. for a movie that like technically had a decent amount of action in it. Um, yeah, not the kind of action I was expecting. I was expecting them to be in the jungle a lot more. Yeah, but they're really kind of only in there at the beginning and then at the end. And then there's a lot of just like running around dingy hotels and stuff and the docks. Yep. Yeah, a lot of docking. <laughs> <laughs> There is a lot of docking in this movie. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, anything else we need to talk about? Missing, missing in action? Missing in action? Missing in action. Starring Sean Connery. Oh, it'd be I'd... a better movie with Sean Connery. Uh, probably. Everything, but... everything would be. Uh... Name any movie. Gone with the Wind. Better with Sean Connery. Frankly, my dear, <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> And then he slaps her. <laughs> Jeez. Was he would though? He's a he has that. He had the thing where he said, "Like I don't think there's no reason to hit a woman." Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying though. You put Sean Connery in the movie. Somebody's getting slapped. Yeah, yeah. And if it's not, if it's not her. It's you. Oh jeez. <laughs> he's coming he's coming for you. Am I on set in this scenario? Or? No, you're in the theater. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you're watching it, the credits start rolling, like, I don't think he slapped anyone. And he's like, surprise! <laughs> he's like sitting in front of you the whole time. Yeah. You didn't even know. <laughs> Takes off a wig. <laughs> like, Sean, I thought you were dead. Slap. <laughs> wow. Because he is. Um yeah, is there anything else we need to talk about missing in action? I don't believe so. How do you feel now that we've like officially dived headfirst into Dove? Divin. We're at wherever you want. We 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 divin headfirst into Divd. Divd. <laughs> Dovin. Dovin. Headfirst into Canon films. We with... hath Dovin yeah. unto the Canon fodder. Absolutely. Um, how do you feel? Do you feel good about this? I feel like, boy, we're in for some movies. 
we are in for some movies. That is true. How long is this uh, special going to be? Uh, four months, but there's a break in between. Oh, right. So that we can watch the Buzz Lightyear movie. Fuck yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I don't think uh, we need to beat around the bush, as it were. Um, what 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 are you what are you giving it? I'm getting I'm I'm giving it uh, a very homoerotic one big pile of shit. <laughs> that is one big pile of shit. Couldn't agree more. It is it is one big pile of shit. What do you think uh, Rotten Tomatoes thought of it? Ooh, I feel like it was bad. You thought right. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm gonna say ah uh, like seventeen. You're real close. Ooh, it's a little bit higher than a that. little bit higher, like twenty one. 20. 20. Okay. Yeah, it was really close. Good 20 for me. Even. Yeah, good job. The audience score was 42%. That's sad. It is very sad. So uh-huh. 22% better. Um, yeah. 20%. That's about the amount of the movie that got my attention. Intentionally or so. unintentionally. <laughs> yeah, I spent a lot of the time watching this movie on the Wikipedia page for this movie. Which was more interesting. Slightly. Slightly more interesting. You know that there's a third one? No. Yeah, there's a third one. It's directed by Chuck Norris's brother, what? Aaron Norris. Okay. Not even joking. And he only directs Chuck Norris movies, <laughs> is well. what it seems like from looking at his filmography. It's like, he directs sequels to other Chuck Norris movies. <laughs> he also directed, like, Delta Force 2 and stuff like oh, that. Oh, boy. So, uh, next... Next month, Delta Force 2. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, gosh. Uh, no, next month, I'm actually, I'm quite excited. Uh, we are watching maybe the only good reviewed Ken uh, film. Yeah, because it's the thing. Like, they came out with so many of them. A lot of them are going to be bad, but some of them should have been good. Well, and I think I think there were some good ones in there. You know, they talk about, uh, oh, who's the, uh, the, the guy that made Othello? Um, the, oh, uh, the, the Italian, very famous yeah. Italian guy. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Shoot. Ze- uh, Franco Zeffirelli. Yeah, you know he he used like, you know th- this was the best filmmaking experience of my life, and I think this is my best, uh, the best film I've ever made. And it's like, dude, no, <laughs> you you made like Romeo and Juliet, and like you know, all these Shakespeare adaptations and stuff. And like, you're a, like a freaking icon in a way. Yep. Um, but he loved working with Menachem and Yolan. Uh, well, because I think they probably idolized him a little bit and just let him, let him do his thing. Oh, oh he made the champ. He made endless love. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Actually, maybe Otello was his best movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Romeo and Juliet was pretty good. I remember that's like the only time you ever get to see titties in school. Romeo and Juliet? Yeah, they show you the, the Romeo and Juliet from the 60s. Oh, yeah. And there's definitely just some titties in that movie, but it's like, it's okay because it's Shakespeare and they're underage children. Yeah, like. Yeah. Which was what you are. So it's fine. Kids. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the justification. I don't know anyway. what the logic is there, but whatever. It's <laughs> skewed, whatever it is. But, you know, they got John Cassavetes to make a movie with them and, like, Jean Luc Godard and stuff like that. So, like,. There should be some, like, chances are one of them turns out good, you know? Yeah. Um, I, would, I would think and hope. Uh, and, and I think it's probably, you know, those ones where they just kind of signed guys like Cassavetes who were just directors they liked. 
or Jean-Luc Godard. Right? They're like, you can come make a movie with us. We'll give you the money. We just want you to make a movie with us. Yep. We like you. And Zeffirelli, right? So, um, uh, but Runaway Train is one that was like mm. an action movie, action adventure movie um, that actually got like good reviews. And there's a clip in the documentary where, uh, you know, Roger Ebert is like, it's one of the most fun and entertaining movies I've seen all year. It's a very, very fun, unique action movie. And so it's been on my list. Ever since I saw this documentary, it's been on my list to check out. And so I kind of just, I'm using this as an excuse to watch it. Perfect. Uh, so that's what we're going to watch next month. The perfect time. Yeah. So this, Runaway uh, Train. Yeah. And then we're going to take a break. And uh, then we're going to dive at first back into uh canon films with the apple oh yeah which is their horrible adam and eve rock musical oh my gosh uh which menachem golan directed himself right uh, and then we're gonna watch america 3000 oh no yeah so is that, our, is that our july 1st movie or for july 4th 4th of july is that in july uh it'll be in august oh whoops I counted yeah. my months very poorly. That's all good. We all do it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. That's our, our little cannon fodder mini-series. I'm glad we finally got Chuck Norris out of the way. We did one. We don't got to do it for a while. Nah, yeah. We'll see you in a couple of years, maybe. Yeah. We're going to have to get Charles Bronson in there somehow, though. We do, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Maybe we replaced America 3000 with a Charles Bronson movie. Hey, we'll see when the time comes. Yeah, we'll see how I feel in August. That's the show. That's the show. We did it. We sure did. We did another one. Yeah, we keep doing them for some reason. Should spend time together. Yeah. 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 That's mostly why we do it. Yeah. Anyways, but, uh, you know, the secondary reason is that other people seem to get a kick out of this. So thank you, listener. Thank oh, you yeah. for... yeah. Someone's listening. Thank you for listening to the... Yeah, you Wait, wanna... someone's been listening the whole time? Yeah, you want to take back some of the things you said? It's too late. Yeah, it's too late. They already heard. Uh, actually, you could edit it. I, we mm, I don't know if I will. It's though. not live. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you do enjoy the show, a review on iTunes goes a long way, especially if it's scathing. Especially if it's scathing and five um, stars and five stars. Yeah, as long as it's five stars, you can say whatever you want. That is the retro craptacular guarantee uh we have a review here uh it just says retro crap is right five stars why do i subject my ears to this absolute filth each month listening to this podcast is barely better than the movies these goofs review five out of five so i like how they all they they gave the rating but then they also wrote five five out of five five. in the in the comments yeah yeah would have been better if it was 10 out of 10. That would have been funny. That would have been great. That been, you missed the mark on that. Oh, well. My review of your review, 4.5 out of 5. <laughs> Could have been better. <laughs> Respond in the reviews with another review. Um, yeah, uh, that that helps a long way. Obviously, you know, sharing it on social media and stuff, telling your friends about it, it goes a long way. Word of mouth is big. Um, if you want to find any of those social medias, we also have a Patreon where we have some stuff mm-hmm. you can listen to. Um uh, we uh, we have that. It's all available at linktr.ee slash retrocrappod. It's got all the links to everything that you could ever want. Beautiful. As long as it relates to us. If it doesn't yeah. relate to us, it's not there. I took it And down. you don't want it. You don't want it. Um, But that's it. That's the show. Yep. Um, oh. Puppy's leaving. 
Oh, she heard that's it. That's the show. And she's like, all right, I guess it's time to get out of here. Yep. Uh, that, that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next month with a runaway train. Oh, yeah. And until next time, keep watching crap. Mm-hmm.